Load the cannons. We are firing off three bucks who may have played their last snap with this team. And one of us has two offensive linemen on their list. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Let's go. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the 10 Tampa Bay Plus app that you can find on Roku and Amazon Fire Sticks. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Jarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my esteemed co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can find all of his work over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. This episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. We are going to tell you on this episode who the Buccaneers will take in the first round of the NFL draft. No, it's not Mock Draft Tuesday. It's I'm going to call it Battle Plan Tuesday. And you know what, guys? Nobody owns a copyright on the world word Battle Plan. Just, just remember <laughs> that. Um, we're going to do a little exercise here. So we're going to tell you who's going to get drafted. But before we tell you who's going to get drafted, we have to tell you who's coming to the Buccaneers and free agency. Before we do that, we have to know where all the holes are going to be. So we have to tell you who is also going to leave the roster to help the Buccaneers get under the salary cap because they will get under the salary cap. So here's how this is going to work, guys. James and I are each going to make three roster cuts. Now, understand, we're not going to get this team under the salary cap in three cuts. That's just not physically possible. Nobody is making enough money to do that on this roster. If you go to over the cap, they've got a nice little uh, funny little chart that gives you every team in the National Football League's restructure potential. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers restructure potential maxes out at $47.62 million in positive cap space, which means that if the Buccaneers restructure all of their contracts to the maximum calculation that over the cap uh, can possibly put into it, they will have $47.62 million in the salary cap. Uh, according to over the caps uh, uh, estimates that's without cutting anybody that's without trading anybody that's with everybody who's on the roster being on the roster void money is in place all that stuff the buccaneers could have almost 50 million dollars in salary cap so don't worry about the salary cap we're not going to go deep into that math because that's insane and we don't have enough time in this show to do that so our three cuts no they're not going to put the bucks under the salary cap but don't worry about the cap the buccaneers will get under the salary cap uh, it's fine then we're going to sign one internal free agent and we're going to sign one external free agent. Don't have to, but we can. And then we are drafting our first round player. So a little bit of a mock everything in this episode to kind of see see where James and I kind of see this team maybe going uh, here or maybe basically where we would want the team uh, to go. Not predictive. We're not saying this is what Jason's going to do. This is what we want the team uh, to do. And in the end, we want you to tell us which, which group of moves uh, is better, James. Or mine, because mine is obviously going to be better. But James, let's get us started with your three ridiculous cuts that will never actually happen. Uh, well, considering you agree with one of them, we're going to go awesome. ahead and assume that at I'm least one of my answer. 
<laughs> All right. So starting off the salary cap for 2023, sitting at negative 55.03 million. My first cut is probably the most obvious of them. And it is Donovan Smith. Now, I will tell you that I designated all of my cuts to be post June 1st. That's actually where the Buccaneers get the most savings towards the salary cap. So designated designating Donovan Smith as a post June 1st cut frees up $15.25 million of salary cap space. My second move is probably one that some of you are not going to be fans of, but I stand by my decision, and that is Cameron Brait. That will free up $4 million in cap space, and my main reasoning is the fact that he really didn't do a whole lot for the Buccaneers last year. Cade Otten is kind of the you know obvious emerging tight end. They still have Coquifed out there. Uh, Cameron Brait's getting a little bit older, and I like Cameron Brait, but he doesn't offer anything that the Bucs cannot get elsewhere for less. So I, I've decided that the Buccaneers will move on from camera rate. And then my final move, another uh, post June 1st cut is going to be Leonard Fournette. That's going to free up $4.97 million towards the salary cap. I know some of you will like it. Some of you won't. Uh, I like Leonard Fournette. I think he, you know, he didn't play well last year, but let's be honest who really did. Uh, again, it's not someone that you can't find a replacement for, or you you can't go out there and, and find someone in the draft that can do what Leonard Fournette can do. He's just not really that guy anymore. Playoff Lenny was awesome, but he doesn't exist anymore. So uh, the Bucks move on from Donovan Smith, Cameron Braid, and Leonard Fournette. So that puts my cap space in this exercise at negative 30.8 million. So about $25 million in salary cap space that I just freed up in those moves. All right. Yeah. Um, so Donovan Smith, spoiler alert, we were both cutting Donovan Smith. Um, I, I mean, I think pretty much everybody is anticipating that move uh, to be made. So, you know, we don't need to say a whole lot about that. I will say a little bit more about that when it comes time for me to also cut Donovan Smith. Um, Cam Bray, I think you're insane. Um, I know that his number is a little bit high. I would actually take Cam Bray and I would probably take his contract, tack on a couple of years to it, spread that money up because you're not going to have to pay him a whole lot of money throughout the extra years that you tack on. He's a very solid backup tight end. He's a good locker room guy, a veteran, wants to be with the team, has proven time and time again that he's willing to work with the team financially, to stay with the team. I think Kate Otten taking the step as a starter. Next year, you keep Cam Braid as that veteran. Maybe in the fifth or sixth round, you go draft another tight end uh, to come in there with Coquif. You've got a very solid potential uh, with a group of four tight ends with a lot of, of promise. Leonard Fournette, um, I would not cut because it doesn't save you enough money, in my opinion. You, you can use that veteran. Uh, honestly, my concern with Leonard Fournette is this. If things go poorly... Leonard Fournette might be a prop yeah. in, in, in the locker room. That's that's my real concern with Leonard Fournette. But you know what? I If you're going to cut him post-June 1st, I would wait till he becomes a problem. And then I would cut him because it's all the same uh, after June 1st anyway. So I would I would probably go that route but not try to force my hand into, uh, into, into having to go after a running back, I suppose, in the NFL draft. So a little bit – Cam Brate's the one that offends me, sir – um, Leonard Fournette, I think it's just kind of a difference of opinion, and and I have a little bit more of a wait and see type of atmosphere uh, around Leonard Fournette. But not a bad, not a bad list. All right, so James, 
you know, I've told you what's wrong with all your decisions. Um, you're going to get a chance to praise all of my decisions. And I appreciate your praise coming up very soon. Coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. And today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, who always get it right. Because if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to hit up Built Bar with Built Healthy is actually tasty and they're so delicious you're not even going to think that they're good for you while you're devouring them they're all covered in 100 real chocolate and come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie all while maintaining amazing macros only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein for years now we've been telling you guys all about ordering your built bars at built.com but now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of brownie batter and churro. Of course, you can still go online and order yourself the new and improved double chocolate built bar. Or look out for Animal Cookie dropping on Tuesday. Whatever your preference is, grab yourself a built bar built different. <laughs> All right, guys, back now for seventy two Locked On Bucks. Appreciate you again making this first list your first view every single day. It's now my turn to put on the Jason Light suit and make some tough decisions. Uh, so here are my three moves, amazing moves as, as imitation general manager. Uh, again, starting salary cap for the Buccaneers right now, according to over the cap, negative 55.03 million dollars. Uh, I, too, am cutting offensive tackle Donovan Smith, saving $9.95 million against salary cap because I'm taking the entire dead cap hits this year. I'm not pushing it to next year. Here is why. So we agree on Donovan Smith, but we don't agree on how to do it. The difference between cutting Donovan Smith with a pre-June 1st designation and a post-June 1st designation, James, as you know, is $9 million. That's $9 million of dead money that you're going to have to pay next year that cannot be moved. He's no longer on your roster, so there's no extension. There's no rework. There's no void year manipulation. That is dead money. That is dead money. That's going to stay dead money. It doesn't matter. You could re-sign him next year. It's still dead money. It doesn't matter. I'm taking that hit this year because we're judging by your moves, judging by my moves. Basically, 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 this year is what I'm going to call a gap year, right? Go from high school to college. We call it a gap year, right? I'm calling this the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gap year. I think everybody's kind of on the same page. Listen, we're going to try our best. We're going to field the best 52 that we got. We're going to bring in a, a nice young coach with a lot of good ideas. We're going to do all this stuff, but we're also going to let the clouds settle. The dust is going to settle on the salary cap, on all the retirements, on all the void money is going to come to roost, and we're going to let it all go. Next year, we're going to have maximum flexibility because that $9 million next year may not look like much, but when you're trying to finagle cap, to, cap space to go get that big guy or to go get that new free agent or to get that big extension, and you have no wiggle room in that $9 million plus some of these other cuts that you made, that could, I'm not saying it will, it could come back to bite you. So that's why I'm taking the entire Donovan Smith dead cap hit this year. I'm not doing a post-June 1st. I'm doing a pre-June 1st cut on big old Donovan. Good luck to you, sir. Shaq Mason is my next cut. Two offensive linemen. That's Tom Brady's guy. He came in here to protect Tom Brady. Tom Brady's gone. So is Shaq Mason. Give me that $5.27 million. Oh, by the way, Shaq Mason, second worst pass protector on the Buccaneers offensive line this year, according to PFF and according to the pressures allowed. So even if you don't like PFF's grades, pressure's allowed is a real thing. Second most on this offensive line. And I'm cutting Ryan Suckup. You say you can get Cam Brate, 
production for $4 million or less than $4 million, you can get Ryan Suckup production for less than $3.25 million. We see it happen every single year. And you know what? If Ryan goes unsigned into the late part of the offseason, I might be able to bring him back for less money anyway. Total save this year, 18.47. Again, I'm taking all of my dead cap hits this season to, to free up maximum flexibility next year, James, which leaves me negative $36.56 million. That's a lot of talking for a lot of negative millions in salary cap space. So go ahead. I'm ready for all my praise. Uh, Ryan Suckup was one of the cuts that I had when I was working diligently to try to get the Buccaneers completely under the salary cap. Uh, so I, yeah, I listen, I want all of you to know we're going to, we're going to pull the curtain open. James Yarko spent like an hour <laughs> trying to get the Buccaneers under the salary cap. And then we came into the studio together. I said, dude, we don't have time for you to describe how you're getting the Buccaneers under the salary cap. I love you. Three cuts. That's all you're making. So I, but I want all of you to give a silent round of applause, to James Yarko right now, because he was putting in some work. Hey, hey, you guys be excited to know we got a, a Levante extension done, a Mike Evans extension done, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett. All these extensions got done. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but after an hour, I was still seven and a half million over the cap. Uh, but no, I agree completely with the Ryan Suckup move. Um, as we know with the Buccaneers, kickers kind of a, a hostile, a hostile thing, a, a turbulent position, if you will. So bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Maybe you live to regret the Ryan Suckup cut, but you don't know unless you give it a try. Obviously, I agree with Donovan Smith. I do not agree with the Shaq Mason cut. Uh, the reason being, and I understand there were issues uh in in the pass protection. There um you know, in, in who knows if things are going to change a little bit under Canales, but in cutting Shaq Mason, and one of the reasons that I didn't, is you're now looking to fill 60% of your offensive line again. That leaves you with, with two starters on your offensive line when you cut Shaq Mason. I would have rather held on to him. If I find a replacement for him, he's a solid backup for a year, and I'm more than happy to pay that $5.27 million, uh, you know, as we saw, chances are someone's going down. You're going to need Shaq Mason to, to step up and, and start again. You have a veteran presence. You have a guy who has started in the NFL for years and years and years. I would rather hold on to him uh, rather than have to try to replace 60% of my offensive line and rely on Luke Gedicke again. So that's really the only one that I disagreed with, but it wasn't because I was offended. It was just the semantics and, and the logistics in my mind of why it's a good idea to keep him. So let's move into the one internal free agent that we can re-sign. We don't have to, but we can. And I'm going with Mike Edwards. Now, he got a performance bonus last year. Spot track, uh, you know, over the cap doesn't do market values for players. Spot track does market values for some players. So they did not have a market value for Mike Edwards. So based off of his performance bonus and basically outplaying his rookie deal, uh, David and I agreed to the term of $2.75 million for his base salary in 2023. So that's what I'm re-signing him for. Yeah, and again, guys, the numbers, don't get too hung up on the contract numbers. That's not really right. the point of this exercise. More so, uh, James wants to bring back Mike Edwards, which I think is a great deal and just because I'm going to say this other guy doesn't mean I'm against it because I have to fit with what my plan is. You talk about losing 60% of your snaps. Um, listen, I will lose 60% of my snaps on a bad offensive line. That's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had. You have to cut the dead weight 
in order to uh to to get better and that's what i'm doing by re-signing aaron stinney now again i don't know what aaron stinney's injury recovery status is right now right this minute that's information i don't have so i'm going off of the assumption aaron stinney is going to be healthy back able to compete like he was expected to this last year the last time we saw aaron stinney in a long stretch was seven games he allowed three pressures you extrapolate that to 18 games you're talking about seven or eight maybe even on the high end call it nine Shaq mason gave up 27 pressures in 18 games james i will replace that all day long and i'm not paying that dude five million dollars to be a backup uh to do that more on that in a little bit though aaron Sinney, 1.4 million dollars what he made before he got injured i'm gonna go ahead and call it 1.4 million because i think we all know he's probably getting that or less based on the situation so now we move into the free agent market once I'll again just, you talk about replacing snaps go ahead i was just, just want to jump in real quick and say i like the move to to re-sign aaron stinney i'm with you 100 yep and now we're not relying on Luke. each other we can compliment each other as well you should only be complimenting me we can rely we're not going to rely on necessarily on luke getticky now if luke getticky gets the job <laughs> he's going to have to he has enough to beat out some competition one of those guys offensive lineman kyle fuller that is my free agent addition. Super sexy name, I know. Who is Kyle Fuller? Backup offensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. That's who Kyle Fuller is. Free agent this year. His offensive coordinator is coming, or his quarterback coach, rather, passing game coordinator is coming to Tampa to be the offensive coordinator. Those guys like to bring guys they know. Kyle Fuller knows what this coach is going to ask him to do as an offensive lineman. He's 28, 29 years old. He can play across the offensive line. So you got scheme versatility. you got intelligence of the scheme to help guys like Ryan Jensen, not Donovan Smith, not Shaq Mason, learn this scheme faster, learn what Coach Canales is going to want from them faster. And upside, best upside, if Luke Gedeke can't get it together, get it, Kyle Fuller can step in as a starter. He has, I say backup, but he's played extensively for the Seattle Seahawks. And according to everything that I can find, people around Seattle are pretty happy with him when he comes in. Not a world beater, not Quentin Nelson, right? But uh i almost said anthony nelson anyway but a solid guy and i will take solid kyle fuller for 1.85 million dollars over 27 pressure allowing shaq mason for five plus million james there was a lot of compensating going on by shaq mason with with the nonsense yeah yeah, yeah, yeah uh yeah. Again, we see it. We see it differently, and that's okay. I went bigger with my free. How much is Tom Brady paying you to say nice things about Shaq? I wish Tom Brady was paying me. He can just pay me in Brady brand clothing. That stuff's fantastic. Um, not a sponsor. I went bigger with my Baker or with my free agent. <laughs> <laughs> with my free agent selection. Yeah, cat's out of the bag. I'm signing Baker Mayfield. Our agreement going into this was we were going to go with the spot track market value. As I talked about last week, the spot track market value for Baker Mayfield is six and a half million a year. We both think that's way too low. So I have penciled in Baker Mayfield for $10 million. And if he comes in and he competes and he wins the starting job, great. You know, if not, it's a one-year deal. Bring him in for one year. If he beats out Kyle Trask, which I assume he will, the Buccaneers are probably contending more so than if Kyle Trask is the quarterback. And I will take a $10 million Baker Mayfield over Drew Locke any day of the week, unless the plan is tank for Caleb Williams. Let's let's just suck this year. Hopefully get a high enough draft pick that we can move up and draft Caleb Williams. That's that's the only way that it makes sense to me. So yeah, I'll, I'll roll the dice with Baker Mayfield for sure. So David, that means that my 2023 cap space after my cuts and my two signings 
is negative $42 million. My 2024 cap space, Mr. I'm going to take on all the Donovan Smith dead money right here, right now, is $90.5 million. Yeah, man, my uh, 2024 salary cap space, $92 million with much more flexibility, Mr. I am going to take all my dead money in 2024 in a doggy bag. Thank you. By the way, Baker Mayfield, if he signs a one-year deal, you're getting the 19th overall pick or so, uh, and you're not getting Caleb Williams, and you're also not seeing what you have in Kyle Trask. So that's a terrible, terrible signing. But next, we're going to see what what terrible, terrible draft pick James Jarko makes to go with his terrible signing. I'm winning this very easily. No, you're not. Not even a little bit. But yes, we will round out our uh, our plans coming up next on Locked On Bucks. This episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast where David and I have put on our GM suits for this episode. We have cut players. We have re-signed a player. We have reached in to the vast, wonderful buffet that is NFL free agency. Now it's time to draft a player to complement what we have done. So let's recap our roster moves so far. Uh, David, you cut Donovan Smith. You cut Shaq Mason. You cut Ryan Suckup. You've re-signed Aaron Stinney. And you added Seahawks offensive lineman Kyle Fuller to your roster. Meanwhile, I also cut Donovan Smith, but I cut Cameron Brait. I cut Leonard Fournette. I re-signed Mike Edwards. And I have uh, I have opted to go the free agent quarterback route and bring in Baker Mayfield to help the Buccaneers compete this season. So now let's pull up the draft board. We're going to go back to PFF's mock draft simulator after using Pro Football Networks on Mock Draft Monday, which David and I both absolutely crushed it on Mock Draft Monday. If you haven't checked that out, go back, watch it, listen to it, all that good fun stuff. But we're only going to do the first round for this particular exercise to bring in a guy to complement what we have already done. So, David, we're going to kick it over to you first. Where are you going in the first round of your uh, attack plan here? All right, so first foremost, full disclosure, when I when I went through and, and cut who I cut, re-signed who I re-signed, went through the free agency window and all that stuff, I did this exercise in order, and I'm sure you did as well. So when I So the draft pick was the last thing that I did. So... The reason I did it that way was to prevent myself from being able to set up my move, right? And to be like, oh, look, it all fell right into place. Full disclosure, as you can tell, I, I cut a tackle. I cut a guard. Um, I signed a guard. Uh, I re-signed a guard. So where's the hole that I need to fill in that I created? Obviously, the tackle position. So I was kind of coming into the saying, okay, in the first round, maybe one of these top tackles 
will slide down to me and I can go ahead and fill that hole there. Broder Jones goes to the Washington Commanders, 16th. Peter Skaronsky goes to the New York Jets, 13th. And Paris Johnson goes to the Tennessee Titans, 11th. So all three of those teams basically said, screw your plan. We've got our own plans and we're going to go ahead and execute them. So the board I'm left with, look, you still got a lot of good talent here, but no tackles. Uh, the, the highest rated, you know, the highest rated tackles, Anton Harrison at 30. Highest rated guard is Osiris Torrance at 34. I like both of those guys. But James, as I go through and I look at the top of this list, I see a day one impact playmaker in Brian Brzee out of Clemson. He's going to be what Logan Hall should have. I don't want to say should have been, but what a lot of people thought Logan Hall was going to be. He's going to be that five tech on the defensive line to play next to Vita Vea. And James, we go back to last year's draft when Logan Hall was was taken. If you remember, I was a little bit confused because I was like, to me, he looks a little bit more like a Will Golston type than he does the pass rusher type that I think the Todd Bowles uh, was shooting for. Brian Brissy out of Clemson can be that pass rushing guy. Plus, if you go back to his Clemson tape, had a lot of inside sets. He can play in the A gap, the B gap. Not, you know, he's not a Vita Vea type, but he's very scheme versatile. So if you want to go heavy up front, you can do that and still use him. And you can continue to, to groom Logan Hall to eventually, I think, be the replacement for William Golston on the other side and kind of play that more run-stopping type of role, maybe put a little bit more weight on him. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what the Bucks decide to do. But Brian Brissett, uh 16th overall rated PFF player on the board at 19. I don't get my tackle, but I get him. And then uh, before you take your victory lap on me for missing on my tackle, Anton Harrison, Dewan Jones, Matthew Bergeron, Darnell Wright, Jalen Duncan, Cody Mock, all very good options. I assure you one of those guys will be available in round two if we decide to go there uh, then. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not going to victory lap the tackle not being there because I had the same thought. Of course, we both cut Donovan Smith. We're both looking to fortify the offensive line. We both wanted to tackle. So I'm kind of in the same position that you were where, you know, I've I've addressed uh, getting rid of some players that is, that are going to free up money. I have kept. Uh, someone on the back end to compliment Antoine Winfield Jr. in in Mike Edwards. And then I brought in a quarterback. So obviously I want to keep the quarterback upright and give him a chance to succeed. That option isn't there right now. But there are other players in the secondary that are missing because I opted for Mike Edwards over a, say, I don't know, Jamel Dean or a Sean Murphy bunting. And I see Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State sitting there. And to me, that is a slam dunk pick. He is a great compliment opposite of Carlton Davis. He's a big, physical, athletic guy. He is going to get in guys' faces. He's much better at man coverage than he is at zone coverage. We know Todd Bowles likes to utilize a little bit of both. But he also likes those big, long, physical corners, which is exactly what Joey Porter Jr. is. Carlton Davis, David, as you have said before, also not great at the zone coverage. But if you have two guys on the outside that are really, really good and physical and can play press man, maybe you're getting away from the zone scheme a little bit and you're letting those guys just man up on the outside. The rest of the defense can do whatever Todd Bowles needs him to do. I think Joey Porter Jr. here is too good to pass up on, and I'm going to add him to the Buccaneers roster. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with either pick. You kind of you kind of like him to Carlton Davis. Uh, PFF says where he can improve. Needless grabbing. Carlton Davis, copy-paste. Make sure you uh, pay attention to that young man. So, yeah, I mean, two good options. And, I mean, look, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, Ohio State, you know what I mean, slot receiver. How can you go? How can you, go? you don't want to give Baker Mayfield a slot receiver? Uh, there to to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So two good picks. I think either of us would be, be happy with either of those guys on the Buccaneers roster. Um, maybe a little bit of a surprise 
for for people to see us going defense for the Buccaneers in the first round. But, you know, look, we made a lot of moves offensively, and so you got to address the defense at some point. And then, like, we just looked at plenty of tackle talent, uh, some guard talent there in the in day two, some linebacker talent in day two, safeties. Uh, there's there's a guy out of Illinois. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's he's pretty good. Uh, day two, maybe potentially day three. I can't imagine Cindy Brown getting to day three, but oh. if he did, he'd be a steal. Um, so James, let's let's kind of do this a little bit differently. Usually, we sit here and defend our moves. So let's let's go through our moves and let let's say where we think the uh, the commenters might disagree with us. I think I think that'd be an interesting way of doing this. So I'll start uh, once again. I cut Don Smith, Shaq Mason, Ryan Suckup, resigned Aaron Stinney. Signed Kyle Fuller from the Seattle Seahawks uh, and went with Brian Brissy out of Clemson to shore up the defensive side of the trenches. James, if I lose this this comment vote battle, I guess we don't have an official vote, but we'll call it the comment vote battle. I think I'm going to lose people with my offensive line. I think a lot of people are going to look at the interior of this offensive line. Ryan Jensen is coming back from injury. Aaron Stinney's coming back from injury. I don't think people are as down on Shaq Mason as I am. Um, and to be fully transparent, I'm not actually like hating hating Shaq Mason. I just really wanted to stick it to James that my moves were better. So that's why I was speaking the way that I was. No disrespect meant to uh, to Shaq there. Um, I just I think that I'm going to concern people with the interior of my offensive line and wondering where that next guy uh, is really going to come. And it, it, could it be a Cody Maka at North Dakota State? And if it is, who's going to play tackle? Uh, because he's very scheme versatile. But what I would tell everybody is it's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. Trust, trust in the process. Yeah, and uh, my cuts are Donovan Smith, Cameron Brait, Leonard Fournette, re-signed Mike Edwards, I signed Baker Mayfield, and I drafted Joey Porter Jr., the corner out of Penn State, in the first round. Uh, the comment section is going to probably get upset with me for two reasons. They love Cameron Brait. They probably don't want to see him go. And I love Cameron Brait. But... This is taking a look at things from the business side, and mm -hmm. I think that's somewhere that the Bucks can free up some money and not really miss out on a whole lot. I could be wrong, uh, but Baker Mayfield is one of the most divisive uh, and polarizing players out there, and so there are going to be people that are going to agree with me and be excited about the idea of Baker Mayfield coming in, and there are going to be just as many people saying, no, we don't need Baker Mayfield. Uh, my own father is about to text me and tell me, no, don't want Baker Mayfield in, in Tampa. Just roll with Kyle Trask. See what you got. If it works great. If it doesn't, you're drafting, uh, hopefully the first franchise quarterback that Tampa Bay has ever drafted ever. Mm -hmm. So that's probably where I'm going to lose some people is, is the Baker Mayfield signing. Yeah. I think you have a three pronged attack here. You have the people who just don't like Baker. Mm -hmm. They're going to disagree with you. The people who really want to see Kyle Trask, they're going to disagree with you. And then the people who want this team to tank this year for Caleb Williams, all three of those groups are uh, not subscribing to your plan here. But you know what? That's every move that every offseason gets criticized and praised for different reasons. That is the business. And we only made a handful of of not real moves. Uh, didn't even get all the way down to the bones and, and the nails of the, of the structure here. So, yeah, if uh if I thought about it, I would have sharpied no regrets right here, straight out of We Are the Millers, misspelled and everything. But, you know, it'll be fun to see how all of this shakes out. And and somebody is going to be right about something, I'm sure. Whether or not that's us remains to be seen. But that is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Bucks. We want to thank you for making us first listen or view 
of the day. If you have topic ideas or thoughts that you want to share, make sure you send those to our email inbox at lockedonbuckspodcast at gmail.com or you can send them to the DMs on Twitter at lockedonbucks. Check out everything David is doing over at bucksgameday.com. Check out what I'm doing over at bucksnation.com and of course follow everything on Twitter at lockedonbucks at jarco underscore bucks and at dharrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.